This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. Americans are not safe in their homes, not anymore at least. This present menace comes from the government and its army of corporatized, militarized mercenaries who are waging war on the last stronghold left to us as a free people, the sanctity of our homes. Government agents, with or without a warrant, with or without probable cause, that criminal activity is afoot, and with or without the consent of the homeowner, are now justified in mounting home invasions in order to pursue traffic violators, seize lawfully owned weapons, carry out knock-and-talk chats with homeowners in the dead of night, prevent individuals from harming themselves, provide emergency aid, intervene in the face of imminent danger, serve as community caretakers, chase down individuals suspected of committing misdemeanor crimes, and anything else they can get away with. This doesn't even begin to touch on the many ways the government and its corporate partners in crime may be using surveillance technology with or without the blessings of the court, to invade one's home with wiretaps, thermal imaging, surveillance cameras, and other monitoring devices. However, while the courts and legislatures have yet to fully address the implications of such virtual intrusions on our Fourth Amendment, there's no mistaking the physical intrusions by police into the privacy of one's home, the toehole entry, the battering ram, the SWAT team raid, the knock-and-talk conversation, and so on and so on. Whether such intrusions, warranted or otherwise, are unconstitutional, continues to be litigated, legislated, and debated. Two cases before the U.S. Supreme Court this term, Coniglia v. Strom and Lang v. California, are particularly noteworthy. In the Coniglia case, police want to be able to carry out warrantless home invasions in order to seize lawfully owned guns under the pretext of their so-called community caretaking duties. Under the community caretaking exception to the Fourth Amendment, police can conduct warrantless searches of vehicles relating to accident investigations and provide aid to citizens who are ill or in distress. At a time when red flag gun laws are gaining traction as a legislative means by which to allow police to remove guns from people suspected of being threats, it wouldn't take much to expand the Fourth Amendment's community caretaking exception to allow police to enter a home without a warrant and seize lawfully possessed firearms based on concerns that the guns might pose a danger. What we do not need is yet another pretext by which government officials can violate the Fourth Amendment at will under the pretext of public health and safety. In Lang versus California, the police want to be able to enter homes without warrants as long as they can claim to be in hot pursuit of someone they suspect may have committed a crime. Yet, as Justice Neil Gorchis points out, in an age in which everything has been criminalized that leaves the door wide open for police to enter one's home in pursuit of any and all misdemeanor crimes. At issue in Lang is whether police can justify entering homes without a warrant under the hot pursuit exception to the Fourth Amendment. The case arose after a California cop followed a driver, Arthur Lang, who was honking his horn while listening to music. The officer followed Lang, supposedly, to cite him for violating a local noise ordinance, but didn't actually activate the police cruiser's emergency lights until Lang had already arrived home and entered his garage. Sticking his foot under the garage door just as it was about to close, the cop confronted Lang, smelled alcohol in his breath, 
ordered him to take a sobriety test, and then charged him with a DUI and a noise infraction. Lang is just chock full of troubling indicators of a greater tyranny at work. Overcriminalization. That you can now get pulled over and cited for honking your horn while driving and listening to music illustrates just how uptight and overregulated life in American police state has become. Make work policing. At a time when crime remains at an all-time low, it's telling that a police officer has nothing better to do than follow a driver seemingly guilty of nothing more than enjoying loud music. Warrantless entry. The foot in the door is a tactic that, while technically legal, is used frequently by police attempting to finagle their way into a home and sidestep the Fourth Amendment's warrant requirement. The definition of reasonable. Although the Fourth Amendment prohibits warrantless and unreasonable searches and seizures of persons, houses, papers, and effects, where we run into real trouble is when the government starts dancing around what constitutes a reasonable search. Of course, that all depends on who gets to decide what is reasonable. There's even a balancing test that weighs the intrusion on a person's right to privacy against the government's interests, which include so-called public safety. Too often, folks, the scales weigh in the government's favor. The end runs around the law. The courts seemingly are more concerned with marching in lockstep with the police state than upholding the rights of the people, and they have provided the police with a long list of exceptions that have gutted the Fourth Amendment's once robust privacy protections. Then there are the exceptions to the Fourth Amendment's warrant requirement, which allow the police to carry out warrantless searches, if someone agrees to the search, in order to ferret out weapons or evidence during the course of an arrest, if police think someone is acting suspiciously and may be armed, during a brief investigatory stop, if a cop sees something connected to a crime in plain view, if police are in hot pursuit of a suspect who flees into a building, if they believe a vehicle has contraband, in an emergency where there may not be time to procure a warrant, and at national borders and in airports. In other words, almost anything goes when it comes to all the ways in which the government can now invade your home and lay siege to your personal property. Thus, we tumble down that slippery slope which might have started out with a genuine concern for public safety and the well-being of the citizenry, only to end up as a self-serving expansion of the government's powers that makes a mockery of the Fourth Amendment while utterly disregarding the rights of we, the people. If we continue down this road, we as a people shift from property owners to prisoners in a government-run prison with local and federal police acting as prison guards. In such an environment, you have no rights. So what can we do, short of scrapping this whole experiment in self-government and starting over? At a minimum, we need to rebuild the foundations of our freedoms. What this will mean is adopting an apolitical, nonpartisan, zero-tolerance attitude towards the government when it oversteps its bounds and infringes on our rights. We need courts that prioritize the rights of the citizenry over the government's insatiable hunger for power at all costs. We need people in government, representatives and bureaucrats and so on, who honor the public service oath to uphold and defend our Constitution. Most of all, we need to reclaim control over our runaway government and restore our freedoms. Frankly, as I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, it's a wonder we have any property interest, let alone property rights, left to protect. Yet, as John Jay, the first Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, rightly observed, no power on earth has a right to take our property from us without our consent. 
the Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.